Welcome. This is Barry Baines from Baines Law, a legal miscellany where we regularly podcast about cases and legal issues, as well as talking to professionals and others who have experience of our legal system. P and two others took part in a demonstration in central London on 27th of January 2018 against the perceived actions of the Turkish state. They assembled at around 12.30 outside the BBC at Langham Place. An assembly of flags was present while speeches were given before the march set off. The march proceeded down Regent Street to Piccadilly Circus and then on to Whitehall where the protest continued outside Downing Street. Evidence given in the Magistrates' Court was that each of the three was carrying a PKK flag. The PKK was launched in 1984 and was proscribed by the United Kingdom as a terrorist organisation in March 2001 and had remained proscribed since that date. Section 13.1 of the Terrorism Act 2000 provided that it was a criminal offence for a person in a public place to carry or display an article in such a way or in such circumstances as to arouse reasonable suspicion that he is a member or supporter of a proscribed organisation. Each was convicted in the Westminster Magistrates Court of a Section 13 offence. Two were given three-month conditional discharges and the third received an absolute discharge. Appeals to the Crown Court and Divisional Court were dismissed. The questions certified as points of law of general public importance and for which the Supreme Court granted permission to appeal were one, is the offence created by Section 13 of the Terrorism Act 2000 an offence of strict liability? Two, if so, is it compatible with Article 10 of Schedule 1 of the Human Rights Act 1998 for the offence created by Section 13 to be one of strict liability? This episode deals only with the strict liability aspect of the Supreme Court's unanimous judgment dismissing the appeal, per against Director of Public Prosecutions 2022 UK SC2. It was common ground between the parties that a limited mental element was indisputably required under Section 13.1 in the sense that the defendant must have known that he or she was wearing or carrying or displaying the relevant article. On the facts of the case, each defendant had to know that he was carrying or displaying a flag. Put another way, the carrying or displaying of the flag had to be deliberate and not inadvertent. If a person were to stick a flag into or onto a defendant's backpack without the defendant's knowledge, so that the defendant was carrying or displaying the flag without knowing that he or she was doing so, the defendant would not be guilty of the offence. The words wears, carries or displays necessarily imported knowledge of that limited kind. There was a strong presumption that criminal offences required mens rea. 
the frequently cited leading case on strict liability and the presumption of mens rea was sweet and parsley. In that case, the defendant had been convicted under Section 5 of the Dangerous Drugs Act 1965 of managing premises used for the purpose of smoking cannabis. The defendant did not know that the house, which he was subletting to tenants, was being used for smoking cannabis. It was held that her conviction should be quashed because the offence was not one of strict liability. Lord Reed explained that there was a presumption of mens rea. Our first duty is to consider the words of the Act. If they show a clear intention to create an absolute offence, that is an end of the matter. But such cases are very rare. Sometimes the words of the section which create a particular offence make it clear that mens rea is required in one form or another. Such cases are quite frequent. But in a very large number of cases, there is no clear indication either way. In such cases, there has for centuries been a presumption that Parliament did not intend to make criminals of persons who were in no way blameworthy in what they did. That means that whenever a section is silent as to mens rea, there is a presumption that in order to give effect to the will of Parliament, we must read words appropriate to require mens rea. In his leading speech in B, a minor, against Director of Public Prosecutions, Lord Nichols added that the presumption of mens rea was a strong one, so that it would only be rebutted by express words or by necessary implication. Necessary implication connotes an implication which is compellingly clear. Such an implication may be found in the language used, the nature of the offence, the mischief sought to be prevented, and any other circumstances which may assist in determining what intention is properly to be attributed to Parliament when creating the offence. Looking first and foremost at the words used, the court considered that the objective formulation of the offence, arousing reasonable suspicion, indicated that there was no requirement of mens rea. It was the role of the court to interpret correctly what Parliament had enacted. But it was not the role of the court in applying the law on the presumption of mens rare to rewrite the statute, still less to do so in a way that contradicted the express words used. It was outside the judicial role for the court to accept an invitation to embark on a speculative exercise to divine what Parliament may have intended as mens rare. The court agreed with the words of Lord Justice Holroyd in the Divisional Court when he said, The language of Section 13 is entirely clear and unambiguous. Nothing in the section requires any knowledge on the part of the wearer or carrier of the import of the item or article or of its capacity to arouse the requisite suspicion. Section 13 was one of three sections in the Terrorism Act 2000 the others being sections 11 and 12, which laid down offences concerned with proscribed organisations. It was clear from the words of sections 11.1 and sections 12.1-3 that the offences in those sections were not offences of strict liability.
they required mens rea. For example, one could not belong or profess to belong to a proscribed organization unless one intended to belong or to profess to belong to the organization. Belonging or professing to belong could not be inadvertent. Similarly, one could not invite support unless one knew that one was inviting support. A rational explanation for why Section 13.1 created a far less serious summary offence, punishable by a maximum of six months' imprisonment rather than 14 years, is that while the offences in Section 11 and 12 required mens rea, Section 13.1 created a strict liability offence. As to purpose, the court agreed with the very clear reasoning of Lord Justice Holroyd when he said, it is important to consider the purpose of Section 13 and the mischief it aims to prevent. Parliament has legislated to proscribe certain terrorist organisations, and the purpose of Section 13 is to give practical effect to such proscription. The mischief at which it is aimed is conduct which leads others reasonably to suspect the wearer of being a member or supporter of a proscribed organisation, that being conduct which gives rise to a risk that others will be encouraged to support that proscribed organisation or to view it as legitimate. And I would add, though it is not essential to my decision, that it also gives rise to a risk of public disorder resulting from hostile reaction on the part of others. The risk arises whatever the understanding or intention of the wearer. A group of people waving PKK flags in Whitehall is a potent symbol of apparent support for the PKK, and therefore an encouragement of others to support the PKK, whether or not individual members of the group intend to express support for that proscribed organisation. In short, a person who commits the actus reus of the Section 13 offence by his conduct creates the risk I have mentioned, whether or not he intends to do so or knows that he is doing so. The Supreme Court's unanimous view was that Section 13.1 was a strict liability offence. There was no extra mental element required over and above the knowledge required for the wearing or carrying or displaying of the article to be deliberate. The strong presumption as to mens rea was rebutted by necessary implication. In the words of Lord Nichols in B and Director of Public Prosecutions, the implication was compellingly clear because of the words used, the context and the purpose of the provision. You can read a summary of this podcast episode with case citations under the title Presumption of Mens Rea in the news section at www.barrybaines.co.uk. Thank you for listening to Baines Law. Listen out for future podcasts where we will continue to discuss issues of interest to the legal community. If there is a professional perspective that you would like to share, get in touch via our website 
at www.barrybaines.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Baines Law. We look forward to presenting to you again very soon on Baines Law.